0: The Mixing Music Podcast is proud to say that we have a lot of free resources outside of the actual podcast. Visit mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash links to find access to our free PDFs and free resources. Welcome back to the Mixed Music Podcast. I'm your host, DK, and with me, as always, is my lovely
1: co-host, Left Turn Lou. Anybody that knows me knows that I hate turning left. Uh, if I'm driving on the road and you see me making a left, just know I'm screaming on the inside. I love left turns, <laughs> Lou. <laughs> well, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, cool thing was, I actually ended up making like a thousand right turns today uh when i went to goodwill to drop off some of the donations uh i don't think i made a single left turn it was all weirdly right turns
0: yeah i don't do i don't do any left turns ever i refuse to do any of them so so I, to make a left you won. do three rights yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> so that's what it is uh that's just how i live my life even when walking down the halls i don't turn left <laughs> i just like spin yeah. i just do like a three quarter spin and go left <laughs> you know uh <laughs> not easy. but today we have a good episode um, we're pulling this content directly. Uh, Lou has a YouTube channel that he just started, uh, Master by Lou. Um, you can find the link to this video as well as to uh, his content where he also live
1: streams. Um, on, I think I have it on. Uh, if you are on my Instagram, it's in my bio. If not, it's uh, the Linktree slash. Master by Lou. Link
0: tr.ee backslash master by Lou. Oh, yeah. So it's on there, or just go to his Instagram, add master by Lou. Anyway, we're going to talk about this today. I'm going to let Lou take over, um, and we're going to talk about, he's going to teach me, or we're going to discuss 10 things that you can do while you talk about it.
1: Sure. It's basically the idea, 10 things you can do before hiring your mastering engineer or mixing engineer, mainly mixing. The reason being is that uh, there's many times where we're kind of new to the game. We're taking our career seriously for the first time in the sense that we're investing money into it. And we're looking for some professionals to help take us to the next stage, right? But we don't always know what we're supposed to be doing uh, right out the gate. And this is just supposed to serve as kind of like some context as to things you can do to better prepare and get better end results. Not only that, but the big idea here too is to build a better, longer lasting relationship with the people that you decide to be part of your team. I'm sure DK, DK, uh, not that he has favorites, has clients that he loves taking on work from because files are better prepared. They're organized um, and all, all kinds of other things. Cause it's not that we don't want to do the extra work. It's just sometimes we can be more effective when there's less guesswork involved, but let's kind of just go over things real quick and just start off with the first thing, which is cleaning up your audio tracks and editing them down. How many times DK, do you get uh, a, a song to mix, but, it's titled Audio One Three. It's got lots of dead air in between. Maybe some headphone bleed between voices,
0: or like the the files when you import them, they're not they're all not synced at like measure zero or measure one. Yes, I've so it's that. like yeah. all of them are. Immediately squished to the beginning because they're all at different lengths. So exactly. it's like nothing's in place. Yeah, that's some bullshit. I say, nope. Yeah. Send it back to them. Be like, yo, you got to fix this or else I'm not mixing this.
1: You know, it's funny because I actually know some engineers who will charge because of that. That's a separate rate and that's called the editing rate. Um, and that's what they pay their assistants oh, with. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, so they have an editing rate. Well, how which, do they bring uh, it up? Do they bring it up after you fuck up the... Uh... No, so they send out an expectation sheet, uh, kind of like what you have, um, and uh, I'll be prepping a document of my own as well just because uh, this is such a normal thing that happens all the time usually i try to communicate it over the phone but some things are lost so, in so and then you send
0: them so it's like at exactly. the bottom it says like i'm going to charge you whatever amount of money exactly you not- can
1: say like these are my terms and this and that like thanks for booking your mix with me here's how to deliver the files um and then at the bottom it'll say uh because this one specific person has like a pdf as well that they send out every mix um and he says at the bottom of it it says uh here's a link to all the Terms and agreements when booking your mix with me. It covers everything from refund policies to uh, expected deadlines and blah, blah, blah. Um, It goes over as much as they can so that there's nothing left in the gray. Hmm. And in that, it says, if you send something that requires cleaning, we will either send it back or you can opt in for an editing fee.
0: Okay, so it's not like this thing, so you can either send it back and do it again Mm-hmm. Or the f- editing fee. Okay, exactly.
1: The idea is to have um, a level of consistency with their client so that they don't actually have to waste time, you know, reorganizing somebody else's files and trying to make sense of it versus doing what you hired them to do, which is mix the song, not edit your song.
0: That's interesting. Um, okay. But anyway, yes. So number yeah. one, editing your files. Yeah. It, th- this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's super simple, yeah. but even as simple as like naming them, um, you, you want your mixer... To want you to win you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. like yeah like you want your mixer to be happy to work with you and just starting it off um most mixers will not see it like this but if you send in poorly edited files uh the, i mean that's not a really great way to start off a, a relationship
1: <laughs> it's kind of like the equivalent of going to the new job and you're like one minute behind it's like sure it was just one minute but you're already behind a little. Yeah, on first yeah, day, just,
0: right? uh, so, so it's that sort of idea. Like, you just yeah. want to make sure.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's always going to be kind of a funny thing. But it kind of goes into the next one, which is printing your tuning or, uh, I guess, time-based uh, processing for vocals and other instruments of that nature. Mainly, like, Melodyne or Auto-Tune. Mm. And making sure that whatever it is you are committing is what you're committing to Mm. vocally. Because the big... The big issue here is that some people don't want to commit it down because they're like, well, what if the mixer says, like, we need to tune it less? Or what if that's one of my notes? It's like, well, that's not really a mixing thing. That's a vocal processing thing. That's uh, vocal production. And you're not in the vocal production stage and mixing unless your mixer is a creative mixer. And that's kind of your agreement and the way you guys like to work. But most mixers aren't trying to retune your vocals Mm. unless it's part of the mix. Uh that could mean like, oh, for this part of the song, it would be really cool if we auto-tune the vocals really hard. But that's usually a creative decision, not a mixing decision.
0: And and to be honest, like I think the general rule of thumb here for me personally mm-hmm. is if you took the time to tune and edit your vocals, although it may not be perfect, mm-hmm. if you took the time, then I want those edited vocals. Totally. What I don't want is you taking two to three hours, getting the vocals just right, and you're you're happy enough with them. Maybe you want them touched up a little bit more, but you get to a point where you're happy enough with them and then you still send me totally dry files. yes, it's like what was the point of all that work just to make me spend more time on it? It's kind of unfair yeah. and also like it's a great starting point so like uh printing your effects and if you're really yeah. concerned about it, then then you can give me the option of sending me dry vocals as well like non edited vocals exactly. along with it you don't you don't just want to send me the dry and that's it like I love exactly. to have your I've, I've sent a lot of sessions back with that it's like they're like ah editing vocals is gonna be a big deal and they send it to me it's like totally unedited and I'm like yeah. bro you did half the work why, why? no yeah. no send me wet vocals yeah cause and it, but here's the thing if you've edited your vocals and they're too tuned or they're like too clean and you want them to be a little bit dirtier I can't undo that yeah but if you get it good enough but you still want a little bit more send me wet vocals
1: yeah Yeah, you can always ask for more, but if you say, oh, you know, I melodyne the vocals to the way I like them, but in case you can do them better, I'm going to leave you to vocal tune. It's like, well, you know, there are people whose sole job is vocal tuning. It's not a mixer's job. That's actually a very niche market. But with that said, if you like your vocals a certain way, you like your auto tune a certain way. Well, here's the big issue. Most Auto tunes and other tuning plugins don't work the same, even if it's from the same brand. Auto tune EFX, Auto tune Artist, Auto tune Pro, Auto tune Hybrid, they're all slightly different algorithms, and each one suits a specific type of genre or vocal style or even effect processing style. For instance, EFX was actually designed to be a little bit more on the light side of processing, but it actually ended up with harder tuning. And because of this, most people use it for like trap and hip hop and all that. And some r and vocalists like it more because there's a little more modulation going on. Some people like pro because it's a little bit cleaner. But if you send me something that you recorded with pro but didn't print your AutoTune, and then say, oh, the, auto- the key and the retune speed I like is this and the only thing I have is EFX, it's not going to sound the same as when you tracked it. Amen. Yeah. And this is why a lot of people like Tizio and Baines and a lot of other engineers who work with these cats that use a lot of autotune will render it the moment they're recording it because they know that if they take it home, you know, even when you play it back, it may actually pitch differently.
0: I, I do that as well. Yeah. Like when I do backing vocals or something like that and I'm sending it to another person to mix it or like reprodu- right, further produce or anything like that, what I do is... I print my auto-tune from the get-go. Like I record yeah. with auto-tune, so I don't ever have to deal with uh, bouncing it or printing it or freezing the track or whatever.
1: Yep. I can just send them whatever I just recorded straight off
0: the bat. So yeah. let's go
1: on to the next one. Cool. So the next one is actually going back to labeling your tracks, which is extremely important. And this will go into the next one as well. But in a nutshell... If you're sending out tracks and they're all just audio this, dupe that, um, we don't know what audio 84 dupe 2.3 CM is. (laughs) We don't know what that is. And if your files aren't properly, uh, you know, labeled, we don't know if it's a lead or a backing. We can only guess by the way it plays back, which is another thing when it comes to rendering your tracks down. Uh, Because what's going to end up happening is this. When you actually render your tracks down it's going to name it whatever you rendered it with. So if you hit commit in Pro Tools, it will put a .cm at the back of it. But if you don't actually relabel everything the way it is, we we really don't know what it is. We're just going to guess. And if it doesn't come out with a reference track to us, we're going to give you our version or rendition of your song. And it may not be what you're looking for, so, which means you could go through slews of revisions and, Let's be honest. You would rather have a close to perfect on your V1 just as much as we would. We don't want you to lose inspiration in your song through the revision process. That's something we're not in the business for. But that's as much as we need to say about that. Let's get to actually rendering your must-have effects.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this is important because... Mm-hmm. um if you have, like, a delay that you like... Yeah. For example, this happened with a mix uh, with uh, Japanese Whiskey Mm -hmm. um, produced by Prismadelic Andrew from Indonesia. And he did this thing with one of the snares during the breaks where it was, like, Mm -hmm. this triplet time delay. So it's like... It was, like, Mm -hmm. really dope and characteristic. Yeah, I can recreate it with the demo, but it'd be great if you just printed that or, like, you know, very important specific delays. If you did not like your reverb choice... Um, then I'm going to listen to your demo and recognize how much reverb that you were trying to go for. The but timing. The, yeah, the yeah. timing of it, but I'm just going to make it better. But yeah. if you really like it and you're committing to the reverbs, please print them as a separate track. Exactly. Yeah, don't don't print your vocals with the reverb. Have your dry vocal, well, dry as in without the effects, yeah. and then have the effects as a separate
1: track. Exactly. If you've got something like a stutter edit on a vocal and you were expecting us to recreate that, we probably can. But if you've got used to listening to that edit, chances are that whatever we recreate is not going to feel or sound the same unless we're really that close to the reference. So a lot of times, if you want us to recreate it, print it down anyways. Like, give us the stutter edits so we can properly time it, too.
0: I mean, this happens all too much as well. It's like, not just like... Effects, but also like arrangement things, where they're like, oh, "Hey, yeah. um, in the final version that we actually really want it to sound like, uh, the course is actually extended, and oh, yeah. you put, yeah. and you, it's like, so they give you stems, but it's actually not in the right. They're like, it's really simple. All you have to do is just cut everything and move it into that. And no. then you
1: look at it, and then sometimes they forgot to mention, oh, also there's, there's this. a dropout and, yeah. s- and
0: measure four in this course yeah. two. No, oh, and
1: we're actually using the snare from verse one and verse two, and vice versa.
0: Yeah, those things have to be figured out before.
1: Yeah, and, and
0: it'll save you a lot of t- it'll no, it'll save us a lot of time, save us a lot of hassle and it'll keep your engineer on your good side. And you want that. Again, you want You don't this.
1: want the track sent back. You do not want the, you track, don't want sent the back. track sent back. Um okay, moving on to the next, we got to rendering the effects. Now, this is kind of more on file delivery, um but it's just before that stage it's organization of those files now what i've seen a lot of people do and ask for is folders specifically a vocal folder and a music folder and then they'll actually organize the tracks as like this is drums and percussion this is like uh musical information these are lead vocals these are backing vocals these are ad lib vocals you don't have to go that crazy you really don't but a wet folder and a dry folder that's great. and a reference folder.
0: That's great.
1: Those three folders alone will give you everything that your engineer will ever ask you for because if you want your vocals to sound the way they sounded on your reference, print them wet. Then, secondly, make another print that's just dry. That way if we have to recreate something, we can pull from the dry folder or vice versa.
0: There's a client that I love because they organize their files perf- perfectly. Whenever they send me a session, they send me a zip file. I unzip that file. Mm-hmm. It says wet stems, dry stems, or mm-hmm. or tracks, references. Yep. And I, and, dem- and which includes like the demo. Yeah. And let's say I opened up the wet stems, right? Because that's the first mm-hmm. ones I'm gonna import. I import them. Yeah. On the file names, the track names, it says drums underscore snare. Yes. Drums underscore overhead.
1: Yes. Vocals underscore lead yes. one. Yes. Vocals underscore lead two. Yes. That's, oh my God. Every time my clients send me those folders, I'm like, I love you. I love you. I really love you. And you really think it'd be tedious
0: you. to like, to write down like vocals underscore whatever, but mm. the thing is, if you do that and like break it up, keyboards or synth synth underscore Juno one, right? Yeah. If you do it like that, then what it, what it does for me is it makes the organizing, editing, and importing process mm-hmm. way faster. Color organizing. So I, c- like, I could
1: give that to an intern and they'd know what to do.
0: Yeah, which is which is really. Just helps us to kind of get into the zone.
1: If you're if you're hiring somebody for an album's worth of work, that's exactly the expectation for that album. Uh, Main reason is when you got to mix ten songs, and it's all part of the same project, you definitely want to have all your files in order. But keeping with the references, like you actually want to make sure that if you have a demo version of your song of your mix. I've seen this happen before. Please do not send us the degraded YouTube download version of your mix. For some reason, it sounds like that. Like, somehow it got bit crushed to 8-bit. But they're like, oh, I don't know why it's sent like that. Please play back the files that you're sending us. Um, A good practice to do this in is if you stemmed it out of Pro Tools, make a new session in Pro Tools. Import those same stems and hit play. Uh If it does not play right and the volume is not right on any of the tracks... Then we're basically rebalancing, which is not an issue. But if there's something that's out of place and you don't call it, then we don't know that it's out of place. This is true,
0: yeah. Like especially I, if I, we
1: don't have a reference.
0: I I had a producer a long time ago in the past, like a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. that was so convinced that they were sending me the right files. They're like, I did, I sent it to you exactly the way it was, and it did the whole thing where they only. It only exported from when the audio starts playing, so nothing. So nothing up. was actually synced to zero. Nothing yeah. was synced to zero, and because of that, I'm like kept. He did like three times. It was like I promise you, I'm doing it right. And I was like, bro, you whatever you need to do. Whatever you do, import it into a session. He f- and I kept telling him that every single time. Like, hey, even after the second time, I was yep. like, "Yo, import it into the session just to make sure, if you- just to make sure before you send it to me. Yeah, like, don't waste my time, basically.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, not even in a rude way. It's just like, dude, you say you're doing it, but it's evident that you're not.
0: Yeah. And so the fourth time, he finally, before he sent me the fourth time, mm-hmm. he finally imported the track. He's like, "Yeah, I actually imported and recognized what I was doing wrong." And that it wasn't working. I was like, "Thank you. Oh my go. gosh! Like, just check. It's okay to double check." So after you print everything, if you're not confident that everything looks good, feel free to just import into another session. It'll take you another
1: thirty seconds. It, literally, literally, especially when you're paying good money for it. Like, part of this is protecting your investment. The reason for this list is quite literally protecting your investment and building good quality relationships that you can work with for a long run.
0: And I think the reason why this is important because I don't want this to come off as us as engineers are complaining no i mean this no, is definitely we, something that we we can started off about. as
1: artists ourselves <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so
0: like this is definitely something that engineers often complain about and i catch myself complaining about this all the time too but the reason why this is important for any artists or any other engineers or producers or whoever that wants to book and hire a mixing engineer mm-hmm. is because you want that relationship to be smooth yeah. And these are all things that don't seem like a big deal. And yes, I mean, there's a janitor there for a reason. You can just make a mess on the floor and they'll clean it up. But I mean, think about the janitor. Like, yeah. like you got to, you got to, that's, first off, That's disrespectful. You're showing that, you're saying that your time is not important, right? And and that's just not the way that you want to start a relationship, especially when the mixer has the ability to either love you and be on your team and want to see you win or if you're just another client you yeah. do not want to be just another another client that pays rent you want to be and win them over you want to be a mixer will do their best job yeah if if you win them over and this is one of the simple ways that like just because your prepping is session session is prepped good uh you can win over at engineer and yeah. they will do phenomenal work for you so it is actually important this is not us complaining this is This is for the best for you, so you understand how to make an engineer happy.
1: Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but couldn't this be a level of If If – the engineer had agreed to also do it yes, for it's, less it's, than it's, their average rate it's like at the very least let me prepare the files properly
0: yes okay so uh, yeah this is in japanese we say kimochi like like feelings like it's more of a matter of respect and like it's the mutual feeling of respect that i'm giving you like you don't have to do it and un- honestly speaking for all the engineers that are taking clients right now it's not good if you complain and belittle your clients yes. who don't edit your files yes. and don't send it to you correctly yes but, I mean, it's it's this mutual, so it's like this balance. you got to have good customer service, and oftentimes I will take poorly edited and not really well distributed, like, uh, exported files, and I'll mix those. Yeah. You know, and I'll be silent about it. I'll, I'll do good customer service. But as the artist, if you want best work from me, like, you edit it good, so that way it get, puts me off on a good starting point.
1: Yeah, literally the best thing we can do with the client's files is be able to import them be like, wow, all right, it sounds like the reference already. Okay, let's get to work. Literally, because consider this. Uh do we not talk about like working fast actually retains better uh retains better retains better end results because we, the inspiration that we have as engineers is also fleeting with time. Just like oh, an artist, yeah. spend too much time in the studio. You might get writer's block. You might uh, lose the vibe that you had. Uh, people are starting to call you. They're taking you out of your pocket. The Staying in that zone is kind of a big thing. And once you import those files, how many times are you going to listen to the song before you actually make your first edit?
0: Yeah, and I think these are, uh, these are actually things that genuinely affect every single mix that every engineer does, but nobody's ever talked about this.
1: Yeah, and it goes back to everything affects everything. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) So, yeah, that's important. Let's go into the next one. Yeah, we'll move on from here. Uh, So the next five things are things you want to do after you've prepped all the files and once you've got them ready for sending out. Now, first thing on this is communication of deadlines and delivery of files. Now, you've prepped all the files. You've made them to where, like, just about any engineer would be happy. Some engineers are not as picky. Most engineers just want things properly labeled and things of that nature. Sure, that might just be the baseline of that conversation. But the number one thing you want to communicate is expectations of deadlines in three things. First of all, when are you expecting to actually start the song? When do I expect the rough V1? And when do I f- expect the final mix with revisions included? So like the I reason that there's different? Yeah.
0: So I would send you a file and be like, hey, I would love this to be done before the end of the month or within two th- two weeks if possible.
1: Exactly. My response would be, do you want it revisions included end of the month or V1 done by the end of the month?
0: And I think this is an important point to make that. It's not just, this is not just the
1: artist's responsibility, but it's also the engineer's responsibility exactly. to let them know. Because- That's why like, some engineers won't communicate this and it's kind of funny to me because you're right. It is on both ends. It's two sides of the like, same as coin.
0: A, if I was an artist hiring you to mix my stuff, yeah. I'd be like, yo, oh, I'm willing to wait, but you just got to tell me. I when? Mean, Disney, and we learned this from like Disney theme parks where like people are willing to wait longer if they know how long the wait is. Exactly. Same with like Amazon. Amazon uses yeah. this when like they, they give you trackable data. Where's your package? How long? When is the expected date? Like yep. people are willing to wait longer and are happier um, waiting if you let them know. So like I've done yeah. this multiple times where like um, where I did not Tell them about when it would be done, and I was just got busy, and things didn't happen. And they're like, they got upset. The artist got upset. It's like, yo, like I don't care how long it takes for you to to do it. Just Just tell me, yeah, tell me what's going on. I have no idea what's going on. This is
1: important. Yeah, and this is why it's two sides of the same coin because as an engineer if you say hey um if you call me and you try to book me i'm gonna ask you like when do you need this done by because there's also the side of you don't know what the engineer's plate has on it right now you know you don't know if he's got a full plate if it's an empty plate and that's cool if you don't know you just want to know like hey with your current work when do you expect yourself to start when can i expect a version one so that I can give you any revision notes or anything ahead of time so that after all the revisions are done, I still know when we should be expecting the final master,
0: hmm.
1: you know, and is there any chance we can get it ahead of schedule? So if there's any delays, like I don't want the, the final day to be the day I have to upload it, you know, but you want to communicate these deadlines right away. Do you want to know, okay, when do you need the files by so that you can start by what date? When can I expect the first version so that we can go over it, make some revisions or whatever? And when do you expect to be able to give me the final master's? Deadlines are everything. Communicate that. Um, just make sure you're going over that and how to get them the file so that they can start on time. You know, talk about emails. Make it over email. Make it over phone. It doesn't really matter. But moving on to the next thing, which is something you should talk about. If not right away at the end of that conversation, finances, Mm. finances, and those expectations of finances. Cause there's two major parts of this is first part, how do they expect to be paid? You know, is it all up front? Is it half up front, half upon completion, or is it upon delivery? And if it's upon delivery, how do you go about uh, making sure that these payments are tracked and everything? Are you paying for revisions? Yeah. Are you paying for revisions? Is that part of it? Um, If there like, is, let's say, an added fee for vocal tuning and all that, like, what is the fee? You want to know as much as you can about the finances ahead of time before the project starts officially. Just so that there's no surprises. It's it's an awkward conversation. I'm not going to lie. Like me, anytime I talk to people about money, I'd love to hook up everybody. Sometimes I hook them up just because I felt like it. Only because I felt guilty charging a full rate for something I didn't feel like a full rate, you know, was deserving of. Mm -hmm. But with that said, you want to talk about the finances no matter how awkward it is. Just because you want to know, like, hey if I have to invest in this, I want to know every penny that I'm spending and what I'm getting for that penny. You know, uh, part of this is talking about your deliverables and if there's an added fee for those deliverables, um, what comes included in the rate, um, is there time to ever meet up in person? Is it not in person? Is everything remote? Um, you just want to talk over the finances and get that out of the way. Um, I go over it more in the YouTube video. I don't think we have to go over it too much right now because it's pretty straightforward. Go
0: check out the YouTube video. There's yeah. a
1: bigger bigger description, longer descriptions for this stuff. Yeah. Now, part of the oh, conversation, I, too. Hold on.
0: I will yeah. say about the money thing real quick, sure. though. This, this is another one where it goes for also the engineer. I want to be very clear. I, I've talked about this in many other episodes. Oh, yeah. Um, if you, as the engineer, if you get started without talking about money as a service provider, you provide the service regardless of whether you did a good or bad job, and then you talk to them about how much it costs after the service is already done, yeah. that is theft. You are
1: stupid. Okay? You should you punch them in the gut. Yeah. Not literally, but figuratively.
0: So, And if they're upset, of course they're upset. Yeah. Um, it may be awkward. It may be weird. You have to talk about the money and come to an agreement up front yep. before you start any services. Um, and if there's any caveats, like this is what I do with revisions. If you need more than vocal editing, like include as much information as possible. Um, and some people would even go as far as to say, have a nice policy list that provides yeah. every scenario. If, they, if there's a vocals are edit, not edit enough, like create a bunch of rules. Um, if they do that, then you don't actually, you could be a lot more lenient than your rules say. But the point is if you have a douchebag client that mm-hmm. comes in, then you can always fall back on oh, I've already stated this in my policies that you yeah. were supposed to have read before we started. Yeah. So you don't have to abide when by them. When to- you,
1: there was a link to it.
0: Exactly, yeah. exactly. So it's a good idea to talk about these policies before to protect you. Um, but as far as money goes, I will say... Um, if you, you, like, for example, if you do not bring up that I charge extra for vocal editing and they find out that you have to m- do more vocal edits, this is on you as an engineer. You have to eat that cost and do the vocal edits because you did not tell them yeah. that it costs extra. Yeah. This is why you have to, like, update your contracts, update your policies or whatever, be as much clear with your terms as you can um, so you don't have to eat these costs so yeah. they can know up front. Uh, yeah, that's the big thing. It's like, you have to be upfront or else it's your fault. It's always yeah. going to be your fault as the engineer. If you do not talk about money first, amen. All right. Yeah.
1: All right. So moving on, we're going to go to explaining your vision. I feel like this is a big, big deal. The main reason is this. How many times have you heard a song you knew where you wanted to take it, but the artists actually kind of had a different vision? Like they, they had like a very specific, it's out in their head. But maybe you heard it going another way. Not because you were wrong or right. You just heard it with a different set of ears. Yeah, this happens. Yeah, yeah. It literally is that. Like, how many times have we heard uh, a song and we're like, "Wow, it's kind of like this genre and that genre combined." And then you talk to the artist, like, "Actually, it's more this genre because it was inspired by this." Like it's cool. We all take influence from different things and we might hear one person might hear one version of that influence and say, Oh, it goes in this direction while another person says it goes in another. That's totally fine. But you want to communicate your vision, the end goal that you have reason being is that it helps us really, really hit the target. Like we don't mind throwing darts at a goal, but if, if there's no light showing where that target is, we might be throwing darts completely behind where the target's even supposed to be at.
0: There's a, there's a couple artists that I've worked with that were like more like country or folk. Mm-hmm. And they came up to me and they wanted me to mix it specifically because they know my work. And they want me to make their folk or songwriter songs sound more pop. Yep. Heavy drums, nice kick drum, snare, but there's a couple times that they either did not send me a demo track or they did not clarify. My mm-hmm. instinct was, okay, this is a folk song. They want me to mix it folky or singer yeah. songwriter, and I finish it, and it doesn't hit hard like they wanted me to, which is why yeah. they came to me. Yeah, That's happened before. It um, just
1: wasn't a properly communicated I vision. I mixed it exactly
0: yeah. what I th- assumed. Yeah, and and maybe this again might be on the engineer like trying to clarify that, but also <laughs> like, yo like. Give me a demo or at least tell me like well, your vision. That would be great. Yeah, tell that to your oh, engineer. Yeah. This is, this is going to help you save so much time and maybe even skip an entire revision or two. Yeah. Um, because we want, you want these turned around just as fast as we want to turn them around.
1: Yeah, we'd love to hit goal on the first one. But I'm not saying that's impossible. But if we don't know what you're thinking, it's a lot harder. You know, and we're not trying to once again make you lose your inspiration behind the record or your your desire to put it out because of a thousand revisions. We want to finish it just as fast as you, not because we want to get it off our table, but we like a happy client, and we don't ever want to be the one that's making you lose your love for your record. So this one is explain your vision. Can I do a bonus point on this one? Sure.
0: Okay, bouncing off of what you just said, um, I'm going to give you all explicit permission. That it's okay to like a V one of a mix you receive. Oh yeah. I, I'm oh, gonna give yeah. you explicit permission that you are allowed to like the first mix that you receive, and you do not have to give any more revisions. Here's a perfect example. One mm-hmm. of my favorite artists, my favorite clients that I work with, mm-hmm. that you know that you've worked with as well. Nice. Um, they had me do like three or four revisions. Cool, it was great. And I did exactly what they asked them to at the end of it. They're like, at the end of every single revision, great, this is exactly what I asked you to do. And then they went on to the next set of revisions. This is what we want to try next. Okay, we did this. And at the end of the third revision, they said, DK, this sounds really great. But it sounds like you did exactly what I told you to do. Yeah. It doesn't sound like your mix. It sounds like you did exactly what I told you to do. DK, can you start over and do it all from the beginning I'm going to totally trust your word and what you think is best. V1. (laughs) And then I set them a V4, which was a V1, right? Well, well, it's the second version, mix one, mix one of the second version, which was they were totally just, DK, don't listen to us. You do your thing. What you think is best. They loved it. And Mm -hmm. I think that this is crazy because it's not just the fact that they loved it, but I think that they were also became more open-minded Mm-hmm. um with the idea that i may know what i'm doing
1: <laughs> i think that comes with the territory of self-awareness because the i i just i think i just showed you one where self-awareness might not have been the case um we're not naming names or anything, but I think I I think I got like a, a Berkeley School bro, of Music worth a of, whole
0: encyclopedia of notes. Yeah, like,
1: like I could, uh, like every note was almost saying like, every oh, this is the professional like- way of doing things, and I was like, well, you know maybe you should have mixed it it's
0: like each note was like three to five paragraphs and there was 50 notes it was like it yeah. was to the point where it's like yo
1: like how many times did you have to scroll down the page to so you finally it hit was, the it bottom was,
0: anyway um yeah anyway it's, but this it's is, this not is,
1: talking shit or anything it's just one of the once again it goes to explaining your vision um but part of that like you said on your point extra point um sometimes it's about taking a step back from what you're doing or listening to whether it be your own record or a record you're working on and just trying to get some uh, perspective
0: also uh every engineer is prideful and they should be right like I mean, degree. I know
1: every carpenter that is prideful. I don't know any that are not prideful in their work.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, you want your engineer to be like, I'm fucking good at mixing. Like, you want them to, yeah. say, to think that. So, it goes into this. If if you did not properly explain your vision or they did not understand your vision, regardless of what it is, um, give them a chance. Do not say, you didn't get it right. I don't think we're going to do it. We're going to cut it off from here. Yeah. Um, They're prideful. They, they want to work with you. That's why they said yes. Yeah. Or they would have said no. Um, so you know what? I think this is a great point to use their pride to their advantage. He's like, Hey, this isn't what I was looking for. I was hoping to do this. Uh, and you know, instead of like, I think that if they ask, can I try it again? You should let them try it again. Um, yeah. th- for real though, like just because they didn't get it the first time doesn't mean that they can't get it. And I wouldn't feel embarrassed if the mm-hmm. revision was, I mean, it's annoying. It's really annoying, but if the revision is, hey, can we just try it again from this from scratch, but make yeah. it feel a little bit more like this and try to better explain? Or even better, if you ask them that, you can be a part of their mix process. Yeah. Um so you can better explain while they're actually working on it. Whatever it is like I, I don't think it's in your best interest as an artist and their best interest as an engineer to just drop it unless they they say they want to drop it. I so mean you
1: come to agreement. I don't know if you do this much. Not to extend on the topic because I know we're going to move on. But I don't know if you do this. I know I do this a lot, only because I know many engineers who don't like doing this. But I personally love having the uh, the the artist or the producer or whoever hired me, like on a Zoom call if they can't be in person, or just come by in person. Like we'll set up like a little four hour window where I've already gotten the song kind of dialed into where I like it and where I think it should. You know go but give me your revision notes live let's sit down together like if there's a specific vision that you had like it's much easier if we can communicate but if we can't communicate your vision then it usually doesn't pan out very well at least not fast enough.
0: I always offer this. Uh, mm. Whenever I reply back to like email quotes or mm-hmm. anything, it's like, hey, do you want to join me on, do you want to schedule a time to a Zoom call or we spend like the first three to four hours like mixing this together or whatever? Or like at least for revisions if possible, like as much as we yeah. can, I always try to offer we either meet in person or do Zoom because that does improve the happiness of the, the artist. Yeah.
1: It shows confidence in not only what you're doing as an engineer, but it also helps build confidence in the artist's decision and booking with you.
0: Yeah, and if they've never met you, it would be great to like get to know the barber. You know? Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like that's like that's a great that's a great Speaking way. Speaking
1: to... of which, I need to.
0: So I think that's a great Ooh. idea. I think you should as much as you can. And I know that not every engineer likes that, but if you've never worked with someone before, I, I recommend that you try that.
1: If if your engineer ever had a service industry job. Uh, They'll be fine with it. Okay, next. Let's do the next one. All right. So, uh, number nine, final masters. Final master files. What is it exactly that you're getting? You should have communicated this at the start when we were talking about uh, deadlines, delivery of files, talk about finances, blah, blah, blah. Like, you kind of skim over it, but knowing what it is you're asking for in advance – we can deliver them all, even as soon as V1. Sometimes people won't deliver it until they get the final approval, and that's totally fine. But uh, I'm always assuming that the mix that I send out is going to get approved, so I always send it out right away, which is instrumentals, a acapellas, um, performance versions, masters, um, maybe um, stems for sync placement. Whatever it is, whatever deliverables you're expecting to get at the end, please communicate them, because some people really don't want them. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Some people um, think it's an extra fee, and for most engineers, it's not. It's part of their built-in fee. For some engineers, it's an added fee. But you definitely want to communicate this in advance. Once again, nobody should be just stacking on fees randomly without communicating them, but you definitely don't want to be caught in that situation either. But – Master files, when can you expect them? How soon after the mix is approved will you receive these files? What medium will they be sent to you? Um, do these masters stay on some kind of network drive or in a backup system with your engineer? I know for me, if you've ever had a song mixed with me, I have the files, even if it was 2010. Um, but with that said, some engineers also charge for uh, stories. 2010. That was 12 years ago. Dude, 2010, I was a
0: sophomore in high school.
1: What's up, foo?
0: yeah that's crazy
1: yeah to to think of like the age difference In 2009 i graduated from high school
0: yeah (laughs) wild.
1: yeah but you know once again going back to it um if there's a certain expectation of yours to receive certain files uh please communicate them in advance i just had a client who had me master their uh ep that's coming out and you know no issue but she uh she didn't communicate that she was also going to need deliverable versions of the masters. Now I just kind of let her know like, Hey, I actually have an added fee if I'm not doing STEM mastering because in STEM mastering, I can create them all. No worries. Um, But because you just opted in for standard stereo mastering, that's essentially me applying the same master to like for each song, it's four files. So for five songs, that's a total of 20 files. Hey, you know, we just need to have we just need to know in advance what's going on. I wouldn't normally charge too much more for that in the mastering stage. uh, But for the mixing stage, it's usually included because I have access to all the necessary files to make them. But like as a mastering engineer, if I'm only mastering a two track, there's no way for me to create that. And if I don't know that in advance, I will not know to tell you that's not possible without the extra files or the deliverables already sent to me.
0: Let's go to the next one.
1: Cool. Cool. So last but not least, uh, 10 is kind of like a bonus. If uh, if you have a hard time like communicating with your engineer, maybe they're on the other side of the planet. And because of that, you know, you're on a 9 to 12 hour delay or advance, whatever it is. Um, make a PDF file of your vision and notes, um, maybe saying like, Hey, you know, throughout the song, I actually really like, uh, these elements, these elements were meant to feel more like this. And we're inspired by like these records, maybe send a link to the record uh, on YouTube. You can actually send links to people with a specific part of the video already, you know, sped up too. But, um, if you're able to actually send somebody like PDF notes on just like some basic information, That way we have kind of like a checklist to go through. That only makes hitting the target a lot easier. You know, uh, I don't know if you get this much, D.K. I've had a few clients that send me like PDF notes in advance. And for me, it's like perfect. I just go through the list. I make sure everything's knocked out before sending it to them. And most times it's like, hey, on this vocal specifically, can you actually put a reverse reverb from this lyric to the start of this lyric? And then I would love if it had like a tripleted note right after that vocal. You know, these little creative things that you maybe you don't know how to do yourself, but you would like added to your mix, you know, let us know. Make a PDF. Make it like a checklist that we can kind of look through. And this also really helps because a lot of times if you communicate too many notes over the phone, some things go in one ear and out the other. Not because we're not paying attention, but, you know.
0: No, it's definitely because we're not paying attention. Oh, I I have ADHD. ADHD. (laughs) My my ADHD
1: just squirrels me out sometimes. So, like... um, I don't know how many times you've done this, but have you ever had a conversation where midway through the conversation, your brain is also thinking of something else. And then you come back to the conversation, like, wait, there was a time loop. Um, well, I'm not going to lie. That happens to people sometimes. And because of this PDF notes actually really help. If you know that your engineer is a very busy person, let's say you hired Dave Pensato, Dave Pensado might not have all the time in the world for every client on the phone. I'm sure at his rate he can. And I'm sure because of his rate, he has a little more time in between clients. Um, But with that said, I'm sure he's not going to remember every last detail that you communicated. So with that said, this is a bonus point. If you can just type up some basic information of things you're expecting or hoping to be done in the record, whether it be creative or technical, just write them down on a quick little PDF and attach that into your deliverable files folder, you know, with your wet, dry references and boom a read me pdf note you know but that's pretty much it that's all 10 they're all fairly simple
0: yeah that's, it's super simple and this is important i do want to say that we have i have one more bonus one that i bring one sure. of the, number 11 this is a bonus one um before we do that i want to shout out to our sponsor us huh. we are sponsoring huh. ourselves hello yes,
1: that's right this mic it was purchased by my wallet uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I don't know
0: <laughs> but uh, uh, if you want three if you like the podcast and want three times the amount of episodes so again we come out with this free content once a week if you want one every every so we come out Tuesday mornings right yep if you want every another, another episode every Wednesday and Thursday morning on top of the Tuesday one so three times the amount of podcast episodes go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash exclusive and sign up for our exclusive episodes they are only $4 a month. It's $4 a month to make mo- much more money, potentially, and help you increase your production and mixing skill. And th- these episodes are always about technical mixing, mastering production tips. They're, it's not just it's not philosophy. It's more technical tips. So um, please check that out. Um, once again, that's mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash exclusive. Um, The last thing that I want to bring up is, it's not really a sponsor thing, but the point 11 that I want to make, because I know most people that are listening are already engineers or producers themselves or whatever they offer mixing themselves. I mean, that's who this is, the podcast is meant for, is is not for artists, it's meant for other engineers. Uh, uh, So I want to bring this up and kind of wrap everything up. It is your responsibility to make sure that you teach, educate, or uh, let your clients know that these are your expectations, um, and you have to have systems for that. For example, my system is I send every new client a PDF with ten points that are almost exactly like this. I took the time; I took a couple hours to make a very aesthetically pleasing, easy to compress and send PDF of checklist of things to do and what to think about when you're exporting, naming your files, editing your files, etc. This is makes it, this makes it easier for them to understand for them to digest and 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 you give them the opportunity to help get you what you want so it is your response to do that whether you take the time to make a 10 minute youtube video that's on private so you send them a private link every single time a client comes in you send them to this podcast episode or you have your own pdf or you just write it out every single time that's tedious but whatever it is you should take the responsibility to educate your your especially first-time clients um so you give them an opportunity to do right by you oh yeah do not set them up for failure. Um, so one way that we do this is if you go to mixingmusicpodcast.com, on the front page, there's a tab that says free stuff. If you go to that tab, you one of the free things that you can download, well, all you have to do is upload your email, and we get it for marketing purposes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you get my exact PDF that I use. It's the mixing uh, mix prep guide by DK. Um, you can copy and paste it and put it, make it your own. Totally make it your own. Like p- totally, I'm giving you full full ability to plagiarize it and and make it with your own branding, your own logo, with your own name on it, your own contact information, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, do that. If that's what it takes for you to be able to provide more for your clients, these small and simple things, the more that you're able to provide and help uh, qualify your clients and provide them for success, you know, set them up for success, the happier they're going to be, the happier you're going to be, and the more clients that you'll make in the future, hopefully, the more opportunity that you have to blow them away. So,
1: oh yeah. That's point number 11. What do you think? I like it. Honestly speaking, it just comes down to setting up expectations from the get go, whether it be Properly named files to making sure the financial financial information is communicated. It's just about honestly trying to make the actual experience as a provider or as a provided um, smooth, a, a happy experience, honestly. Because realistically, when I'm working on music and I'm really excited about something, I want to stay excited. I don't want to suddenly be drowned out and burnt out because of the... You know, the final stages, because mixing and mastering, it really is the final stages before getting even into the distribution stages, which is so mundane sometimes that we're not really inspired for that part. But the mixing and mastering, we want to keep and retain that inspiration.
0: Yeah. So I think the, the only solution to all of this is to just always belittle yourselves and, you know, lower your expectations. I suck. This is going to suck. We're going to do so badly. And, and then, then you kill it for them. And then they're going to be like, Oh shit, I love this guy. (laughs) You know, I'm just kidding. That's, yeah. that's not how that happens. If you talk, ability you yourselves and take the humble route, they, they won't trust that you did a good job, even if yeah. you did. So um, it's okay to be a little bit cocky. That's not a little bit, a little bit. Don't go overboard. But it's okay to be confident and um, show them that you know what you're worth. Um, yeah. And because at the end of the day, whenever someone, an artist hires you, or whenever you hire a mix engineer, remember, this is, this is from the artist's perspective. If you send your music to a mixer, they, Your music is going to be a showcase of the mixer's work. It is, mm-hmm. almost, it is always in the mixer's best interest to do their best work that they can possibly do. A lot of times in their own image because of exactly
1: what you exactly. just Exactly,
0: But they want their best work to be showcased. That's why we hear stories of people that don't agree with the artist's revisions and they're like, take my name off the record anymore. I don't want my name on the record because it does hurt mixers when it can hurt mixers when the music we release sucks or it's not right well mixed. So, um, you know, it's... And that's okay. Honestly, you want
1: that back and forth with your engineer, to be honest. This should be filling
0: you, this should be filling every artist or person that's hiring a mixer to be filled with confidence because, again, I'm emphasizing again, it is in the mixer's best interest to do their best work. It is never, ever in the mixer's interest to do half-assed work. It is always...
1: If If the revision notes ever seem weird and you're engineer makes a note of them be happy because realistically half the time it's not coming from a argumentative standpoint a lot of times i've had to you know communicate my concerns with revision requests to a client and say hey i hear you on these requests my only concern is xyz i once had a client who wanted me to pan the bass hard left and the lead vocals hard no the backing vocals hard right Because it, quote unquote, created better separation in the mix. But it sounded so distracting that, um, you know, I later reconnected with this client and somebody else had mixed the song. They asked me to master it only for it to go back to the way I had recommended it.
0: Yeah, this is this comes goes back to the balance of now speaking from the engineer's perspective. Yeah. Yo, boy, girl, whoever you are that mixes mixes records. It is your job. Remember, they are paying you for your professional opinion. Sometimes you need to know when to shut the fuck up and do your work. If you have revisions that you don't want to do, shut the fuck up, do them. There are going to be other times where integrity and being honest, they're hiring you because you are a professional. And there are going to be times when you have to be brave and say kindly and respectfully, as an engineer, I believe you are hiring me for my opinion, and this is my opinion. Yeah, And I do not think that this works, and I'd love to send you a version where it's, a, it's an edition where I think it works better. And they still might like their version better, but it is, it, I, think, I still think it's if they're paying you, it's your responsibility to be yeah. open and honest.
1: Now, I'm still a huge believer that this is a service-based industry. Like you've said in the past, uh, we are a high-class blue-collar job. you know Um, with that said if my client says I like banana butts then I will provide banana butts as Um, tonally? like what yeah you know smiley face uh, but with like two bumps one at like 200 hertz and another one at like 2000 hertz you know California EQ curve with two bumps you know (laughs) banana butts Uh, (laughs) but still uh, point of this is that You know, we're a service-based industry, so not always are you going to agree with your clients' requests, and that's perfectly fine. At the end of the day, especially if you're starting up, you kind of have to bite the bullet sometimes because maybe you just don't have enough, um, you know, quote-unquote clout behind your name to to make a certain request make sense, you know, to them at least because they may uh, have a ranking system of whatever, banana butts. Um, But still, we're here to make sure that the job gets done. That the get job gets done as efficiently and as musically as possible. We're all looking for the best end result. So whatever that means, these 10 systems are just helping you get to that point, whether you're an artist or an engineer. If you're an engineer, you can adapt this in reverse. You know, make sure you're talking about your finances with your clients make sure you're talking about labeling the files with your uh, clients make sure that they're printing the tune communicate that you don't have every tune if you don't you know and that's perfectly fine but just make sure that you're setting up expectations properly and these 10 can put it be put in any order that you want realistically you prioritize your priorities but these going from 1 to 10 that's that's honestly my priority
0: amen yeah big amen so um on that note Yin yang, balance in all things. Uh, be respectful, you know, um, and just like that, you want respect from the artist and be recognized that you know what you're doing. Also mm-hmm. recognize that the artist knows what they're doing. So yep. there's a balance somewhere there. So, on that note, um, happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. Is episodes once a week not enough for you? Or are you looking for more technical information from the Mixing Music Podcast? Well, guess what? Now you can. You can subscribe to our exclusive content and triple the amount of episodes that you get access to. That's right. Instead of the free once a week episodes, you get three episodes a week for only $4 a month or $40 a year. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash exclusive to get access to those episodes now.